Good morning, everybody. This is James with 77 Financial Group. You're listening to 15 Minutes of Finance, or in the next 15 minutes, I bet I can get you excited about investing. Let's dive into today's episode. All right, all right, all right, everybody. Happy Monday to all of you. Big, big news in the investment world happening right now. Um, and before we before we jump into it, I do want to go over our quote of the day. And I was thinking about what I wanted to do, and I was really thinking that I needed some encouragement. <laughs> so I wanted to pick something really, really positive and encouraging. And this is just personal. No, I'm definitely not flexing my faith on you guys by any means. But the best place for me to go get encouragement is from the Bible. And so there's this story in the Bible um, or this concept that when you run a race, you're supposed to run it to win it. And it's not the swift or the strong that wins the race, right? So I use that concept when I think about investing. But the idea is, is that it's the consistent, persistent one that wins the race. It's the one who endures the trials, who usually is at the finish line at the end. So the race is not given to the strong or the swift, but to the one who endures. And uh, there's there's a Bible verse here, and I promise, guys, I'm not going to do this very often, but it just needed some encouragement. I thought maybe you guys did too. Uh, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. James 1.12. So... Guys, yeah, take your faith out of it. Take take belief out of it. Do whatever it is you want, but I hope you take that lesson for what it is, which is straight wisdom. That's straight fire right there. And it's so true. Most people, when they have a plan, whether it's investing, uh, losing weight, getting money, um, improving their life, whatever, getting better grades, usually they, they don't stick the course very long. And so this concept that the Bible is teaching about running the race to win is endure it stay in it is usually the ones who endure who stay to the end who win it is not the strong and it is not the swift so i think about that in investing all the time you know when markets go down in my head i'm like oh shoot i got client money in this like what do i do do i stay the course do i get out do i accept the losses do i buy something else it's just that whole concept of hey take a deep breath you're a professional you have a game plan the clients understand the game plan i know you don't want to lose them money but you also gave them your word that this was the plan, right? And so just for me, sticking the course, um, sticking to the game plan in, during the race, uh, it's, it's just, it's helpful and that's usually the way to go um, in my experience. Warren Buffett does the same thing. A lot of investors do the same thing where they're just like, listen, we're in this for the next 10 years. If it goes down to $1, it goes down to $1. But at year nine, it might be at $1,000, and we have to stick that course. Time will tell. Okay, guys, enough of my rant there. Let's get into what's happening in the news. So global equity markets are mixed to higher to start the week, and Dow Jones and S&P 500 futures are in the green, looking to open at new record levels. All major U.S. equity markets rallied hard on Friday despite or because of a much lower than expected April jobs report, which is, we might talk about that later this week, but the jobs report was not very good. In fact, it was... Pretty much the worst jobs report in like 20 years. But uh, anyways, okay, that pushed Treasury yields lower as investors assume that there will be a lot more fiscal and monetary support on the way to revive the labor economy. More spending and low interest rates are a good recipe for equity returns, despite fears of rising inflation and higher taxes. The U.S. energy market is on high alert this morning following a cyber attack last Friday on the Colonial Pipeline, a major artery of oil and gas for the Northeast. Oil and gas features spiked overnight and are higher this morning as most of the pipeline remains shut down. There's a lot of action in the cryptocurrency market to start the week as Bitcoin prices are rallying back about back about 58,000. Ethereum, the second largest cryptocurrency, is on a major streak of gains 
topping 4,000 for the first time as digital investors make bets on which coins will rule them all. Dogecoin will likely not be among them, however, as the meme-based token was started as a joke in 2013 and it saw prices fall 30% as Elon Musk, its most visible promoter, admitted on national television that that it is a hustle. Um, okay, that's kind of sad. But let's uh, let's read a couple of these headlines, then we'll dive into a couple of these things here. Um so Biden, the Biden administration finally says that the U.S. is going to enter a new phase of the pandemic in which many vaccinated Americans can finally begin doing normal activities. And they're eventually going to relax, relax the mask wearing recommendations here. Uh, iron ore futures are sharply higher to start the week, extending a record run amid Chinese demand and a wider surge in commodity prices as the global economy recovers. So, guys, as we've talked before, uh, commodities are basically they're like the atoms of the investment world. Uh, commodities make up pretty much everything else. So if commodity prices go up, everything else goes up. So iron ore is used to make steel. So if steel prices or if iron ore goes up, then steel prices go up and therefore then housing goes up and you guys know how it goes. Um, Self-driving truck company Startup Plus agreed to merge with special purpose acquisition company Hennessy Capital Investment Corp. What a name, Hennessy Capital. Uh, this is becoming the latest autonomous vehicle company uh, to seek a public listing via SPAC. SPAC, guys, that's the Special Purpose Acquisition Company. They exist just to raise money to, to put companies to go public. So that's that's literally all they do. Uh, the combined company is said to have a market value of about $3.3 Man, self-driving cars. Kind of exciting, kind of scary. Okay, now on the Dogecoin. Dogecoin, the joke of the cryptocurrency... Uh, championed by Elon Musk and Mark Cuban, among others, fell as much as 29.5% Saturday night as the Tesla CEO was hosting Saturday Night Live. Um, look, there's a lot we can talk about, I think, with, with the cryptocurrency market. Guys, no matter what you invest in the cryptocurrency, everything is only going to be valuable as the next person wanting it. That they do not produce anything. And I, I feel like I'm a broken record saying all this, but it's very, very important to remember that cryptocurrency does not produce any actual good or service. It is strictly a market-valued, uh, I don't even know what you'd call I guess currency. Uh, it's only as valuable as Tim is willing to pay Luke or as Debbie is willing to pick him. That is all that you can value these currencies on. But in bigger news, guys, we got to talk about that oil and gas pipe hacking. So on Friday, I think it was, they hacked into the system, whoever they is, of this pipeline. So Colonial Pipeline. Um, let me just sort of go into this for you guys. Uh, the attack comes just as the economic recovery picks up steam and the busy summer travel season is about to begin. The TSA reported 1.67 million passengers flew last Friday, the highest volume since March 2020. Gasoline prices have been steadily rising across the country amid the recovery, and prolonged shutdown of the Colonial Pipeline could push the average price per gallon above $3 for the first time since 2013. Look, I don't know what they're talking about average prices. I live in San Diego. Gas is already through the roof here. Uh, but the people that are really going to be affected by this hacking is going to be the East Coast. So let me sort of read this, I guess, real quick. The, the operators of the pipeline halted all pipeline operations on Friday night as a proactive measure following a ransomware cyber attack. The pipeline is a crucial part of the U.S. petroleum infrastructure, transporting around 2.5 million barrels per day of gasoline, diesel fuel, heating oil, and jet fuel. It encompasses more than 5,500 miles and carries nearly half of the East Coast fuel supply. Okay, so whenever we talk about this, this pipeline, 
I always call it like the Mississippi of gas just because it is massive. I mean, they said 5,500 miles, but just think about that. Someone somewhere found this pipeline and they created it and now it is a massive part of our infrastructure. So whoever hacked us knew that this was the Mississippi of oil and that they were going to, you know, basically ruin, <laughs> ruin our infrastructure with the, uh, with the oil industry here. Um, but guys, that's really important because like they said, jet fuel, heating oil, um, diesel, pretty much everything that we run on right now is going to be affected by this. So I'll be looking for those prices to rise. Um, yeah, not exactly a good thing, but like, like I'm a proponent, I've told you guys this before, I'm a proponent of electric vehicles. I just believe that that's the way that it's going. Um, really, really excited to see how that industry kicks up in the next three to five years, but definitely don't want to see this. You know, I drive a truck currently, so I'm big on gas at the moment. Um, but yeah, that's frustrating and, and we'll have to keep an eye on that. Uh, but in other news, guys, we're going to talk about the big topic today is municipal bonds. Real exciting. Um, but $39 billion, think about that number. That is the amount that people have invested in municipal bond mutual funds. So, you guys, there's really three types of bonds. There's um, municipal bonds, there's federal treasury bonds, and then there is uh, corporate bonds. And so those are the three. And I hate bonds. I don't invest in bonds. I can, um, but like that's not my investment style. So unless a client specifically wants a bond, I usually just don't even mess with them. I'm, I'm all portfolio and cash, all equity and cash. That's just the way I like to do things. Uh, bonds to me are a, um, are like a specific need. It's like an annuity. Unless someone really, really wants specifically that annuity or specifically that bond, I try not to recommend them unless it fits the client situation. But um, yeah, $39 billion. That's the most that they've put in since like 2008 individuals, guys. And municipal bonds are, um, they're municipalities. So think really, really small government. So like the city of San Diego or the city of uh, Phoenix, Arizona, um, the city of Fargo, North Dakota, like those types of places, they offer municipality bonds, muni bonds is what we call them. And really all they're used for is for projects. So maybe a town needs to build a bridge. Maybe a town wants to build a county hospital. Uh, maybe they need to fix the stoplights in the towns, fix the roads. Anyways, the city issues this bond offering and they say, Hey, you know, we need to raise the $1 million and we have this bond here. We'll give you a 3%, um, you know, over the next five, 10 years, whatever it is. And that money goes directly to that. And so I recommend and like municipal bonds better than the other two, better than treasury bonds, um, and better than corporate bonds, just because municipal bonds are usually higher rated and they're not always, but usually they are. And you live there, you live in that city. You're, it's sort of like investing in yourself and in your neighborhood. So I enjoy them for that. But let me explain, where is my notes here? Um, okay, let me explain why people like municipal bonds when taxes are uh, raised, okay? So investors may also be betting on higher taxes becoming a reality, which makes muni bonds more attractive than stocks or corporate bonds. Technically, not just just on a, um, a fit standpoint. Some people are cyclical in their investments, so they like to invest in, in bonds when taxes are raised or whenever rates raise, um, and people like to invest in stocks whenever rates are lowered. So just keep that in mind. Uh, most muni bonds are exempt from federal and most state and local taxes, making them especially attractive to people in high income tax brackets. 
True and also not true. So there's something called your AGI, your adjusted gross income. And so a lot of people think that, oh, whenever I retire, I'll just invest in municipal bonds and I won't ever have to pay taxes on anything. But that's not true, especially if you're taking Social Security. So in the future, I mean, most of you guys are between 25 and 35. So Social Security is probably not even a reality for you or, or a, a top of mind comment for you uh, or top of mind topic. Jeez, sorry. Long morning for me, guys. I've been up for, <laughs> since about 3.30. But... Uh, when you have, when you invest in munis and you have social security, there's, I don't remember the specific number, but if you have over a certain amount of money that is not taxable or that you're receiving, they tax your social security accordingly. And so they do it based upon your AGI, your adjusted gross income. And I think it's like a dollar for dollar over three thirty thousand. I can't, I can't remember specifically what it is, but if you guys have that plan to invest in municipal bonds, if you guys already have enough money from social security and from other investments, it's quite possible that you will have to pay taxes on your social security above and beyond what you normally would have. Uh, because they take into consideration that municipal bonds would be like a, a backdoor way of not having to pay any taxes. So keep that in mind. And speak to your tax professional or your financial advisor about that if you're in that uh, phase of your life. Uh, in a recent note, invest uh, in a in a recent note to investors, Bank of America Securities said we may be entering the golden age of muni bonds amid trillions of dollars in public spending, higher taxes, and a multi-year economic expansion. So what that what that tells me is that investors are concerned. They're concerned about investing their money uh, in the federal government and in corporates. Because if you, if you think about it, guys, bonds are nothing more than a loan. It's nothing more than a loan with an interest rate. And so like they're saying, hey, we need to raise $5 million. We'll give you 3.3% uh, for the next 10 years. You know? And then once that bond matures, it's done. It doesn't exist anymore. That bond's dead. Um, and so people are investing in munis and municipal bonds because I think that they trust their local government a little bit more than they do their federal government or that they would a corporate a corporation. And corporates tend to get you more return. I think, oh man, they're, bonds don't yield a lot anyways. They're, they're not going to get you a large return, right? But it is a little bit more of a, it's not a guarantee, but it's closer to a guarantee than a stock because it's a corporation or a municipality or the federal government saying, hey, we will do this. It's sort of like a contract. So I would bet anywhere between one and three and a half maybe is a realistic guarantee that these um, is a realistic yield that these bonds will make. And that's and that's not a lot. Right. But investors like guarantees. And so, like I said, it's not a guarantee, but it's closer of a guarantee than the stock market might be. Um, but that's it for today, guys. Really, really exciting news with the uh, pipeline getting hacked. That's going to be something we're going to have to keep on top of. And yeah, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I'll see you tomorrow. As always, invest early, invest often. Have a great day.